Oh, I gotta make a new intro. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to the second ever VR Forerunner podcast. This is me, Brad, um, and we're just gonna get right into it. There's a bit of news, um, a lot of stuff going on, mostly controversial stuff. Um, we'll be talking about stuff like the Oculus DRM update that made for just like, what, three hours, um, or maybe a whole day, I would say. The Revive um, software to not work. If you don't know what that is, the Revive software was this uh, kit that allowed you to sort of mod games that you bought off the Oculus Store so that they can work on the Vive. And basically, a DRM update tried to stop that. But anyway, um, after that, we'll be talking about more things like um, the 1070. I know you're probably tired of hearing about graphics cards because I talked about it in my last uh, one but I only spent a little bit of time talking about why it's actually really more interesting than 1080. Um, and then we have a special a uh, couple special guests um, if you've not seen their game it's a game called Vertigo. Uh, I did a video on it it's one of my favorite games um, you might know the boss battle you might have seen it and you just can't remember the name but you get to fight like a uh, sort of like an angler fish with tentacles sort of thing it's really really awesome. Um, and then we'll talk about new releases. So let's go ahead and get right into the first article I have for the day. And we do. So as I was saying earlier, uh, we had Oculus release an update, Oculus app 1.4 apparently. And all it says here is um, it says improvements to performance, system stability, improvements to sensor tracking, blah, blah, blah and bug fixes and security security updates. Securing what? Securing your money. Um, so basically what this did, and this is the thread on the Vive subreddit from CrossVR, who is one of the, pretty much the main developer for the Revive um, software, which I was talking about earlier. And he, at the time, confirmed that that new update broke. Um, Revive. So basically, let me explain this a little bit more. Um, so basically, people that had this had a Vive, and maybe they did have a Oculus pre-ordered. Maybe they, uh, you know, were one of the first people, uh, the first day pre-orders of Oculus, but you know, they still haven't gotten their shipment um, information or whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, and they bought games already on the Oculus Store to work with their later received oculus rift headset uh but they had a vibe because most people that you know, there's a lot of people that actually had got their vibes first um instead of their pre-ordered oculus rift so they decided i'm going to download this modification that allows me to play the games that i bought on my peripheral and it worked for a while most games worked on it um from what i understand and basically it just stopped Oculus said, no, you need, you, need, you need this this headset. Can't play your games you bought. This headset, that's it. And this is why it's sort of a problem. It's been kind of already discussed with the community a lot. And I'm actually really glad that um, communities, both the Vive and Oculus side, agree that this is a terrible, um, it's very anti-consumer. Uh, it's turning PC games into this sort of console exclusive sort of idea but um as many have said i'm not the first saying this but i have to talk about it because it's such a big it's such a big issue and i want everyone to really talk about it more is basically 
uh, a headset is, all it is is it's basically like a keyboard or mouse. It's a peripheral. It connects to your uh, PC and the PC does all the work. And the idea that, I mean, that's basically saying this mouse right here, um, I can only, I can only click on certain things um, that the, the developers of this mouse said I can click on. That's basically the uh, equivalent of what is happening here in the Oculus Rift um, update. But uh, good news, uh, and this is, uh, I guess, good news for now. The, um, they actually re re released the new version already, like literally like 24 hours after this uh, Oculus update. And uh, they updated Revive, so it works again and bypasses Oculus uh, Rift platform DRM, but only for Unreal Engine games, which means um, I, I can't, I'm not gonna say off the top of my head, but uh, it's only Unreal Engine. Uh, there are a lot of VR games are made in Unity. Uh, most of them I played are actually in Unity. There's only like maybe 25% currently that are on the Unreal Engine. And only this works for those games on the Oculus Store. Uh, basically, if you're going to download this, I, I honestly, my opinion on this is basically Oculus is obviously going to keep doing this. They're going to basically do the Apple thing with the jailbreak where they're just going to keep when, when something. OK, Revive is going to update their software to bypass Oculus Rift. Then, um, then uh, then Oculus Rift is going to reply saying, oh, so that's how they got past it. Well, we're just going to add this extra gate. And then Revive is going to probably do the same thing, or maybe it's not even Revive, but another developer. And it's just going to be this constant flow of letting people play games on their PC and not letting people play games. Um, and this should not be... This should not be... Uh, <laughs> I'm not, thankfully I've not seen anyone say this is okay, but I just want to really, really get into people's heads that if you, this is for people that buy Oculus games off the Oculus store and something like this, I would tell them don't buy any more games off of their store now. They are, it makes sense from a business standpoint, I think, why they're doing it. They want more people to have the headsets. They want more people to pre-order their headsets. But they've done nothing PR-wise to prove why they deserve it. They've done the opposite. Um, the Oculus subreddit I've been reading is kind of like in shambles right now. Um, it, there, there used to be a slight fanboyism uh, between both Five and Oculus. But Oculus a little bit more. Sorry if you're from there. But um, now it's kind of that they are really, really seeing um, some bad business uh, decisions from them. And that's... I don't want Oculus to fail. I want them to change. I want them to change their idea of this. Um, as people are saying in the chat, this is not consoles, man. This is a PC. A lot of people built their PCs to run everything. If you are a VR headset owner, you are probably a PC enthusiast. You, you decided, hey, I want the best of the best parts, or I want these parts to run the best games. They did not think, oh, I won't be able to play this game one day. Hmm. But um, yeah, I think it's a bad business practice and I wouldn't buy any games from Oculus Store until they make a public, they actually prove that they are not gonna do stuff like this again. Um, and they, they before said they would not do stuff like this, but this is clearly not the case. Anyway, that's, um, 
that's enough of that. I probably spent already a good 10 minutes uh, ranting about that, but it's, it's a problem. Um, as someone said, Oculus games are not, are not cheap. And they are, it's just, it's a, not a good thing. And it's, it, it really, really bogs down uh, VR, uh, like the industry. People will look at that and be like, why would I want a VR headset if I only want to play these games? Because you already have to pay like 2000 or 3000 well, I did, uh, dollars for a great PC to run this stuff. And then I had to choose a $600, $800 headset. And then I had to choose what games will work for that headset. It's just dumb. Um, and that's it. Anyway, let's talk about other headsets. Um, let's talk about the Star VR headset. So here we have on Road to VR, Acer partners with Starbreeze to design and manufacture the Star VR headset, um, which is pretty cool. If you don't know what Star, uh, Star VR is, it's looking pretty awesome, honestly. Um, I'm going to pull up their page right here and uh, scroll down to their tech specs. And you can see right here, uh, first of all, they have a bit higher, a bit higher resolution uh, displays in this thing, and they have a much wider field of view, much, much wider screen. So it's like an ultra wide um, VR headset, basically. And they're not really targeting consumer, um, it seems right now. It seems that they're mostly targeting uh, sort of not really. I, I don't actually know exactly what they're targeting. More, more partners. They want, they want to bring these things to like uh, events that and and like have like kind of like an attraction uh, sort of thing. And uh, basically, it looks really promising. And uh, I hope to be able to try one soon. They are starting to announce um, all these conventions that they're trying this the headset out and. Uh, this thing looks pretty dang awesome. Uh, so yeah, that's basically basically it um, for that. But if you've not checked out Star VR, look look up some stuff about that. It looks really cool. Anyway, IMAX wants them. That's that's interesting. I can see that. Um, you can see right here their their big experience is a Walking Dead experience, and I, I can only imagine how cool that is. Uh, but another thing, when you think about the ultra wide. Uh, VR headset. Uh, if you don't know ultra, if you don't use an ultra wide display, then you probably don't know this. But ultra wide uh, monitors actually take. I mean, I guess logically you would think this, but they do take a bit more um, graphics power to run games and stuff at it because you're you're you have more uh, stuff to render and your larger display. So uh, graphics cards for this thing will be pretty interesting to see what a lot of vendors use. And speaking of graphics cards, we're going to talk a little bit about um, the 1080. Uh, last week, we didn't have any bunch benchmarks um, because of the NDA, but now we do. And it's basically, as uh, predicted, about 10 to 15% increase over the TI. Impressive, but you're paying $600. So it doesn't impress me. I don't see a reason for me to sell my cards, uh, my 980 TIs, and get them. But the more interesting card for me... And I think not. And this is weird that I say this, but they announced the specifications of the now um, completely announced. I mean, it was announced, but the now detailed uh, announcement of the 1070. And after looking at all their specifications and um, these these charts, I don't like those charts, but the specifications uh, exactly. Let me see if I can find those. 
And when you compare these specs to a 980 Ti, you will basically be buying a 980 Ti when you get this card. And what's so crazy about this is if you get the non-Founders Edition card, you are only paying $379 that runs basic games basically the same as a 980 Ti would, which was like $600 to $650. And this thing will probably run VR better because of all the uh, type of rendering they have built into this card. It looks pretty cool. I think if you are building a computer, I should I, I would tell you ignore 1080. Look at this 1070 um, because later if you SLI this thing with their new bridges, and I usually tell people not to SLI, but I don't know this this seems like the better deal. If you're paying about you're gonna pay about um, what seven to eight hundred dollars for two of these, but um, one car for three seventy nine it runs at at ninety Ti level runs VR better. That's insane, guys. That's that's a that's a card to beat. Um, I want to see what AMD does, though. Still, I want I want to I want that Polaris uh, announcement to happen soon, and it's gonna be hard to beat this card. Is all I'm saying. But um, GoPro is now selling their new, basically 360 camera rig. Um, it is insanely expensive. It's for pros. I will never be able to buy this one anytime soon, but. Uh, it's just a little like it looks like a UFO is what I like to call it the GoPro UFO and it's gonna be crazy when uh, more people start using this thing and uh, capturing footage uh, 360 footage it's gonna look really good uh, most 360 footage I've seen on YouTube so far I've been pretty uh, I, I've seen videos using the Rico um, Theta S and uh, all the all these i think there was a, the rico theta s and like this other acting camera by um bubble cam or something but they didn't look too good to me um unfortunately and uh this is gonna make videos look a lot more interesting the one i'm interested in actually it's not coming out in america yet but it's out in uh south korea it's the samsung gear 360 and i've seen some videos posted by uh, some people that um, had tested that thing out, and that thing shoots 4K video for only $350, and it's just a two-sided uh, camera, and it looks really interesting. I hope that they uh, release that to the U.S. soon, because that thing actually looks pretty promising for consumer and uh, semi-enthusiast type 360 video um, targeting. So, Facebook, I have not heard anything about Facebook currently, but... Um, if they do make an announcement, you'll hear it from me because I'm I'm slightly just watching this 360 camera stuff because I'm currently in the market for one, and um, the current ones are just not what I exactly want. But anyway, so now let's get to something. Uh, speaking of cons, conventions, uh, we had a big one happen the past week. Um, I think it just it's either just ended or just ending, but it was the. Google I.O. conference, which basically it's just Google's big conference. They talk about all their products on um, the next year. Um, you know, pretty self-explanatory. When you hear the word Google, you know they're going to talk about a lot of cool things. And they are actually announced their new virtual reality platform. Uh, just so you know, it is a mobile-based platform. So it's like a competitor to Gear VR and all that stuff. 
But it looks a lot more cool, um, a lot more interesting than those because when I scroll down here, um, I can play this demo and you can see right here that this looks very similar to the Oculus, uh, the Oculus Home a bit. And you actually are holding like a little controller and pointing around. So it actually, yeah, you can see there in the video, it actually does have a controller. Um, hopefully the video is showing. But yeah, it looks really promising, a lot more interesting. He's grilling pancakes on the beach and it looks like you can do a lot more with this um, compared to what the Gear VR currently does. And I hope to see more about it. We already, they already announced uh, their sort of VR headsets. Um, so I guess more developers are going to be making VR ready phones. Uh, like I remember reading Samsung, uh, HTC, LG, are all going to be bringing this it's called Google Daydream two of their to their um their platforms i'm more interested to see what HTC does with this um i sort of expect that if they're going to do something like that that they're going to have some sort of compatibility with the vibe or vibe users um in some way i'm really interested to see what they could do with that um maybe even even if uh, they release some of these mobile platform games for the HTC phones, uh, it would be interesting to see if they can cross-play with uh, some of the Vibe headset users a bit. And that would be really impressive. Um, so yeah, because we, it's, it's already expensive to buy one Vibe headset. It's hard to uh, buy more than one uh, for most people. And if they announce something like that, where you can get a phone and you can cross-play with someone using... A desktop, a desktop vibe in the same house, then we can have a lot more interesting apps and party multiplayer experiences. And that's what I think. Um, but yeah, it is only one controller wand, but still as time goes on, we'll probably see more um, implementation based on that. And we can see that they are investing a lot of money into this. We have basically, uh, look at these companies here. We have EA, Ubisoft, uh, you know, these are big names. These are not small. I mean, they're not small. These are huge names that are announcing that they are making stuff for this platform. Um, so even if we get these big companies working on these mobile platforms, that'll make them more like make them feel more comfortable to invest working on these desktop gaming uh, VR platforms like the Rift and the Vive, this stuff. So um when phones get depth cameras and hand tracking that would be really really amazing especially the phones um getting the cameras like if everyone can shoot 360 video that would be a really really cool stuff um i can imagine happen and i i've told many people i believe that the next social networking um big thing or the new big thing um will be 360 video implemented in some way um, after augmented reality. I think that is going to be pretty big for mobile users um, in the social networking experience because it already is. Uh, you can see people go with their Snapchat phones to different places and they have all these little, with the dog on the face. And that's, that's very basic augmented reality, but people are already getting used to that and understanding it a little bit and are very impressed by such a uh, simple version of a technology. So when we start seeing the bigger stuff come out, people will be like, whoa that's cool and uh yeah all that fun stuff uh speaking of ea 
EA uh, announced that they formed a Frostbite, uh, Frostbite Labs to focus on VR and virtual humans. Um, <laughs> that's such a weird thing to say. It kind of scared me when I first read that. I'm like, virtual humans? Was what? But anyway, um, it basically just means that they are focusing more on VR. Um, I'll... They're playing it safe right now. This lab is not expected to release a AAA VR-only experience. But you can see that they already, with their PlayStation VR announcement, um, they're porting some sort of experience from Star Wars Battlefront and putting it on PSVR. And that's a sort of like a, I don't know if they said it was a free DLC or a paid DLC or whatever, but um, seeing that and more and one more people, hopefully, hopefully it's good. We got to first wait for that. Hopefully that experience is good. And we, those PSVRs are sold out. I'm sure they're going to try this at, one, at least once. And when people play something like that, and it's just like a small little experience, they're going to start knocking on uh, EA's door and say, all right, that was fun. Uh, where's the big stuff? And that's what everyone has done. Like when we, when we got the lab uh, by Valve, everyone's like, all right, this was really, really awesome. Amazing stuff. Where's Portal 3 on VR and all that stuff. And it's going to be similar when we get a more larger crowd on the PSVR because, you know, the Vive, the Vive crowd is a lot, uh, but the PSVR crowd is probably going to be much bigger because a lot more people own PlayStation 4s than uh, VR-ready PCs. So I expect to see, I, not this E3, we're going to get a lot of VR stuff at this E3. That's my prediction, but it's going to be still kind of small stuff. But I'm calling it right now. Next E3, 2017, we're going to see some big VR games and stuff uh, being announced. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they have like a whole, you know, like they have the, the Sony conference and, the, you know, all that conferences. I bet you the next year we'll see like an Oculus Rift uh, conference and an HCC Vive conference as well. That's as big as... Microsoft, uh, maybe not as big, but you know, similarly big to those, and that's going to be really, really exciting. Um, I'm, I know it's going to happen uh, because this industry is growing, growing super fast, and yeah, we'll see what happens when that does happen. Anyway, uh, <laughs> enough about that. Let's talk a little bit less about games and more about um, how VR has been adapted to more interesting things. You guys probably seen. Um, the Ikea shopping ex uh, kitchen experience. I did a video about that, a very stupid video, but it was, I was kind of just joking around with it. But um, eBay, uh, eBay Australia, introduced VR to online shopping in Australia. So it's mostly Google Cardboard, as you can see from this picture here. But the UI actually looked pretty cool. I played a video here earlier when I was looking at this, and you can see here it's... You look through the, I don't know, virtual uh, inventory. That's a weird thing to say. And you can hold down wherever you're looking. I don't know how you're clicking stuff, though. That's, I don't know. I didn't find that out. Uh, I guess it's when you stare at something for as long, you're not clicking anything. But you can actually pull up 3D models of what you want to buy off eBay. And I think this is actually going to be copied and um, pasted to a lot of other bigger uh, bigger brands like Amazon and uh, Newegg are going to probably do this eventually. Um, but it looks pretty cool if you can see the video down here. It looks really interesting. Um, you can see he pulls up this camera and the camera starts spinning its 3D model, which I tell you, if you ever used eBay, 
I hate their pictures on eBay. They're always like the most bare bones, simple pictures. You don't know what you're getting. And at least the 3D models improved that just a little bit. But um, yeah, I guess it's on Samsung gear as well, which is good. Um, so yeah, very, very cool stuff. Um, I can't wait to see um, more stuff like this implemented because we are seeing tons of stuff like this actually implemented. And while, and I think it is cool, even though I make fun of it a lot, it is really cool stuff, so. All right, uh, so let's talk about something that's really, really cool, uh, science actually. And it's this article posted by Road to VR, and it's basically time perception research and manipulating time dilation effects in VR. Uh, it talks about how Alchemy Labs kind of discussed how they put on the headset, like a Vive headset, and they think they've only spent like maybe one hour in there, but it's actually like six hours or something, or not that long, but something similar to that um, equation. And basically, scientists are now kind of sort of studying that by, by in the game, moving the sun uh, a certain way over the, uh, the skybox, I guess you can, say, uh, you can say, it's actually making people think that uh, you are in a different time zone or time frame than you actually are. Kind of weird. Uh, I'm kind of wondering how this can be abused or how this... I don't think it'll be abused, but people are kind of talking about that. I think it just adds something cooler to VR, but I don't think we'll ever get to the point where... I hope we don't get to the point where people are missing work because the sun in the game is like going faster than real life or slower. But uh, very interesting. I, I, I hope that they re like release a a demo of this this scientific project so that uh, everyone can try it out because I don't know. I'd love to see how time really flies in this experiment. But anyway, that's really cool. Really, really cool. Um, it can be abused. Yeah, that's true. Ads. Yeah, that's true. Anyway, uh, so that's basically, uh, let's see what time it is. Perfect timing. So that is basically uh, all the VR related news, at least the most important stuff. Um, there might have been a few smaller things, but uh, maybe one day I'll go over smaller things and smaller videos. But that's the big things that happened this week in VR. And uh, now I'm going to play the Vertigo trailer. Uh, if so you can, guys can kind of get a, a glimpse of what that game is. Um, if you've not tried out that game and you have a Vive headset, you got to go try it out. But while I play this trailer, I'm going to go uh, try to get the developers in my uh, voice chat room, and then we can get the interview started. So, um, yeah, let's get right into that.
again. Alright guys, so I'm going to let you guys introduce yourselves um, and what you do in the development of your game Vertigo. Alright George, you want to go first? Oh, okay. Um, so I'm George, as, uh, as Zach just said. His name is Zach. Um, I do art design, uh, 3D modeling. Uh, I'm from the UK uh, and I work on Vertigo. Um, I'm Zach. <laughs> I, live in, I live in Seattle in the United States. Um, I work on art and programming in Vertigo. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, again, thanks for stopping by. Um, so we're just going to get right into the first question. Uh, so what first uh, interested you guys in VR development and how long have you worked on this title specifically? Um, OK, so I'll go first. Um, uh, I first became interested in VR uh, back in 2015 when um, I went to a VR conference in central London. Um, where there was a whole load of developers. Uh, the dev for Chair in a Room was in um, at that time. So were the devs of Selfie Tennis. And I met them and decided that this was probably a good thing to go into. Um, so then I decided to uh, look into that. And so I went online searching for all the VR developers that I could. And I found Zach. And I was like, Zach, we should make a game. And he accepted that's awesome. Um, and uh, uh, just for a quick question for you personally, um, how, how, how long have you been working in like game development things before uh, you met Zach and started working on this? Um, very, very minor stuff. Uh, I've done a few bits of art assets and things like that for other games, but nothing very big or anything that I would get much money for. Um, okay. Also... Also did a couple mods for Minecraft uh, back in like 2011, but I never like did anything more than that. Awesome, that's really cool. All right, uh, thanks. I really, I really think that's cool. Um, there's a lot of people I know, especially I mean, you probably know too that VR has made them more interested in game development in general, and it's definitely sort of showed with you as well. Um, so I think a lot of people can relate to your um, to the fact that. Uh, it, this kind of made you just actually do more things and uh you found zach and now you guys are making a really uh cool cool experience right now so uh thanks for telling me that um so what about you uh zach well it's it's funny you should mention um virtual reality get, getting people more interested in game design because virtual reality was what got me interested in game design in the first place um it was 2013 i believe that uh that my dad brought home a DK1, and um, I was 13 at that time. Um, so I tried it once. I did, like, the, the Tuscany demo, and it blew my mind. And, you know, if the DK1 can blow your mind, you can imagine how excited I am about the Vive. Uh, but I decided that I wanted to get into that. I wanted to um, start, you know, making my own worlds in virtual reality. So I spent about a year kind of just learning unity and doing some really basic stuff. And I made my first VR game called under, which was like this first person, uh, horror experience. It was terrible, but, um, <laughs> I made a game and released it for free. That's awesome. Um, yeah. From there, I, um, let's see, I guess I had the DK two, Um, and then I kept on, you know, playing around with VR, but there wasn't anything, there wasn't any game that I was really getting committed to because um, 
I, I guess I felt like the technology was really limiting. Right. So once I finally got a hold of a Vive, um, it was, you know, it's a completely different thing. And I was really excited and I started experimenting. I started working on people gun. I, um, started doing like that satellite of blueprint space simulator thing. And I finally thought about like, I should finish a game. Let's find like a simple concept for a game that will also be really fun. So I started working on Vertigo with George. That's awesome guys. Um, since we're on this topic of, since you guys are both pretty like, I mean, uh, pretty new to game development. Do you, I mean, there's a lot of people that I know me, especially um, I, I, I'm just starting or trying to start as well. Um, and, well, do you guys have any like sort of uh, things you can tell people that are kind of like they're they're kind of really interested in starting, but they don't know where to start? Do you have any advice for those sort of people? Um, I would just say find people who are also interested in it and uh, try and work with them to uh, to create something. It doesn't have to be anything big. It doesn't have to be a full game or anything like that. Just make something small. To start off with, uh, like, just download a game engine. Just try anything that you want to do. Uh, it's not that difficult once you start. You just uh, you just open it up, uh, muck around, look up a few tu- tutorials, and off you go. But I, I think that having other people to uh, learn with them is a really good way of uh, staying motivated. Um, yeah, I... No, go ahead. <laughs> I'd say um, definitely do that. Find other people to to talk with, and don't be too ambitious. Don't expect too much of yourself. You're not going to learn how to use Unity while making like a giant game in Unity. Like if you want to, if your goal is to make a game, don't start out by making that game. Start out by learning Unity. You know, I wanted to make a game. I wasn't sure what game. Um, I learned Unity. I committed a lot of time to learning Unity and learning programming. Um, and you know, in a pretty, in a relatively short amount of time, I got to my skill level today, which is, you know, greater than nothing. All right. <laughs> now capable of making a game. Awesome. That's thanks guys. I really appreciate that. I know a lot of people are going to also appreciate, um, hearing that sort of advice because, um, it's just, it's just, it's, it's hard. Uh, I'm glad that you said that, uh, you should start small because I think, the big problem that stops people from going further in uh, game development is they don't reach their big idea for a project, and then they, they think they're basically failures at that point, and then they, they give up completely. So I think that's really good advice. Um, all right, so uh, we're just going to now talk about a bit more about your game. Um, so the things that mostly, like, like your, your whole demo that you released is really, really cool, but the thing that really got me um, just, like, this is awesome. Is uh, the boss battle at the very end? Uh, will the original or will the will the full game um, have more boss battles? Or um, yeah, that's basically it. Will your, will your game have more boss battles? Yes, it will have many more boss battles. Um, the the original game is like the full game is going to have way more. What we wanted to do in the demo was show people like a small amount of what's there but not reveal the entire game to everyone um and what we what we found when the uh when we were making it was that not many vr games have multiple like large enemies and 
really cool fights or anything like that. They have this one mechanic, which is really good, and they stick with that. But Vertigo, we want it to be a bit different than that. We want to have bits where you're going around uh, the corridors and you're shooting small drones, which are relatively easy. And then you go into another area and there's different enemies, and those enemies are a bit harder. And then we don't exactly have those in-between enemies yet, but we're working on them. Right. Yeah, we have... We're going to have more enemies than just the drones because in the in the demo at the moment there's drones, uh, sentries, and then the boss battle. But there's going to be more different types of enemies in the full game, um, and so the boss battle, we felt like okay, we need something unique, something cool, uh, like a big monster that you can fight, something that really like gets you impressed to fight something. Um, it's it's really quite difficult to just create um like an enemy and go okay this is this is really interesting so um it's it's really a good idea to just make something that you think would be fun to fight don't don't think about oh how hard is this to do or anything like that just try it if it doesn't work then obviously it doesn't work try something else but uh we really want to have fights that are really like interesting in the game and, and to a certain point, you've got to forget about, you know, traditional um, video game convention <laughs> in that, like, the boss that we have in Vertigo would be a horrifically boring boss in any other game uh, because, you know, it's all about just shooting, you know, right. a big, big target that you have to hit and, you know, it's just swinging tentacles at you. But, the, you know, that you have control, you have such control over your character with the Vive and you have such control over your shots, it makes it really fun and engaging. Right. Um, that's that's uh, what I was thinking. Is like when I first came off of that um, that boss battle, I, I was thinking it's the first VR game that actually first did a boss battle that felt like a boss battle, um, and it it felt a lot more. Um, so as you're saying, original games, you you feel like when you be a boss in those games, which like you said in this game, if they put that boss in those games. Um, it wouldn't feel good, but the fact that you're actually yourself, you're the controller, um, basically fighting this boss, and uh, it's a hard boss. Um, and when you complete it, it feels a lot more. Uh, what's the word? I guess, I guess uh, a lot more. Um, you just feel a lot more positive um, and excited about uh, destroying it than I, I personally think you would in um, a normal monitor game. But um, yeah, that's. I'm really. Uh, what what inspired you guys? like so far to like come up with these designs um especially like the uh the uh, since we're talking about it what, what guys uh what kind of inspired that design as you uh you're saying uh, it's hard to sort of go into designing a creature and think of how hard it would be but there also has to be some sort of inspiration i'm guessing as well what, what would that be um well i was the one that designed that boss um, oh, okay and i when i was thinking about it i was thinking about you know, we have kind of the sort of lighthearted side of the game, which is just shooting the silly little drones that, you know, kind of go pew pew at you. Um, and I thought we needed something big and imposing and that, that would just like strike awe into the player and make them go, I need to fight that. Yeah. And and then make it really difficult to fight that. Um, so I guess that's what I was thinking. I drew a picture of you know, a big monster with lots of teeth and tentacles Um I kind of adapted to the, the design a little bit. It's got like cool, like, um, you know, what do you call it? Bioluminescence on it. 
Um, and I, I, you know, I played around with it a lot. I, I played around with like how the damage worked and how the, how the tentacles worked and how the attacks worked. And I added in like the, the eyes shooting those, those little projectiles at you for more difficulty. Um, you know, just refining and refining and refining. And we end up with this, this level of difficulty, this kind of look that it has. That some people complain about, but you know, whatever. <laughs> I, I think it's perfect. I think that level of difficulty is exactly what we need right now um, in a lot of games, but uh, awesome. Really, really cool. Um, so anyway, next question. Uh, so your game basically uses uh, what a lot of VR games are using right now, and uh, a lot of people actually complain about it. But I always tell them it's simple and probably the most efficient currently uh, locomotion system, which is teleportation. And uh, was did you guys ever use a earlier system or a different system in the early stage of development? And if so, can you describe that system? And if not, can you kind of explain... Uh, why you chose teleportation um, with the way you did. Okay, I'm gonna let uh, Zach answer this one. All right, um, you know, addressing like what we had earlier, it's interesting to think about, think about originally, um, I had this Vertigo demo that I made, which is a bottomless pit that was just, you know, passive, you just walked around. Then I changed it a little bit to have a bunch of drones flying around and shooting at you. Um, and in that original thing, there was no motion at all which I think is the only thing better than teleportation is having no motion at all, having no artificial locomotion because you, you are completely grounded in the space because we wanted to create a game that has a story and lets you move around and explore these big, big areas in this big, you know, game world. Um, we needed artificial locomotion, but, um, the reason we did teleporting was because in my opinion and many other people's opinions, it's the, the best way to, um, to keep immersion and eliminate motion sickness. And if we if we think about that, motion sickness is caused when your ears, when your inner ears are telling you something different from um, what your eyes are telling you. So your inner ears are sensing um, velocity changes. Um, well, your inner ears are sensing that your velocity is not changing, you're just standing still. But your eyes are telling you, um, well, this is the case of like, uh, like joypad-based locomotion in Oculus Rift game. Your, your eyes are telling you that you're sliding and your velocity is changing a lot and you're moving through a level. Um, this, these disparities between what your eyes and your ears are telling you causes motion sickness. And um, that's, that's what I, it happens in cars and boats and anything else. Um, the thing about teleportation is that there's no velocity change. You're standing still one moment and you're standing still the next moment. There's no, there's no point in time where there's that conflict. And so you don't get motion sickness. Right. I, I've, uh, I've told a lot of people, um, I never felt motion sick in a car or on a boat or anything, but um, VR was actually the first time I did feel motion sickness um, before games started implementing this teleportation system. So I, I completely agree with that. And um, I think if most users actually did try a um, compared to teleportation system to playing a game without one, they would also uh, agree with us. It's just the matter of um, trying it and not trying it. But um Anyway, uh, next question. So um, I, I noticed, uh, I, I played an earlier demo um, in my video, and you guys released a Steam demo a bit later, but you guys introduced different weapons um, in the sh uh, shooting gallery mode that's on the screen right now. Uh, so my question is, are you guys willing to say you have more weapons in the works, and how will the player unlock these in the main game? 
Birch, you want to um, talk about that? Yeah, okay. So the, um, the game is a story-based game. So you progress linearly through it. And um, in the demo, we just decided that we were going to have all of the weapons just given to you at the start because we felt like, okay, this is a demo. We just want to show uh, what we have, what, what the weapons are, and how you can use them. So you have uh, as much time as you want to try them out. And we decided that the shooting range was obviously the best place for you to test out weapons. So there's a shooting range with more weapons than the actual demo has. Um, but in the normal game, uh, in the full game, we're just going to have you progress through the game and collect weapons on your way through it. So you, you don't ever like have them all at once. You progress through the game and collect them. So you have one weapon and then you have two. And then you can, as you collect them, explore what the, what the weapons do at a slower pace. Whereas in the demo, you don't have much time. So you have to just show them as much as you can in the time given. Right. Um, awesome. Yeah, I, I think uh, the one weapon where you had to charge up um, with your, your, with me, my case, your left hand, um, like a circular motion, they would shoot a heavy weapon. That was a really, really, really cool design. Um, and I'm, I'm, I, I think all the games and your, uh, all the weapons, especially the whole, I mean, most people love the sword. Um, they all have a really unique yet familiar design that is just really quick to pick up and get into and i think that's a um achievement that you guys really really uh made in uh designing these weapons so um, yeah i'm excited to see how you guys put them in the game to where they work um with difficulty in uh the progression of difficulty i should say in the full game um this is a this is an extra question i just sort of thought of but um so you guys are still in beta. I'm sure you guys um, have. I mean, you guys been giving demos for people to people for a good bit of time um, this year now. What was the most surprising thing you've seen a player uh, do in maybe a video or tell you that they did um, that you did not expect would happen? Um, I don't know. I feel like um, most people uh, when they try the boss fight, um, I, I really like their reactions there uh because um when you when i was watching some of the videos uh people move around a lot more than i expected them to um uh for instance i think there was this like one video which was in japanese i couldn't understand a word of it but he was he was really running up and down his room i think he almost tripped over his own like couch at one point and i i thought it was hilarious he got very <laughs> frustrated and he didn't be it but I, I still thought it was very fun. <laughs> uh, that's exactly what we want people to do in that boss fight. That's great. Um, I, I think a, a memorable occasion was, I think I was like um, sharing it with one of my friends. Um, it was, it was the boss battle also. They, you know, they start out, they were like facing a, away from the, the monster. And I said, uh, turn around, look behind you. And they turned around and they looked up in the air and they looked at me open mouthed and they were like, I have to shoot that. Like, I don't want to shoot that. I don't want to make that thing angry. And then, of course, you have to shoot it and make it angry. <laughs> That's well, what. you actually, actually, you if you wait long enough, he'll just shoot you in the face. So, yeah, yep. that is that is bug. <laughs> if you wait long enough, he just shoots you. <laughs> Cheap shot. <laughs> that's that's all. That's that's the best thing about VR is when you are having your friends or family um, mm -hmm. trying stuff out, and you get to watch their their reaction, their movements um, in the real world. That's always the best. Um, <laughs> Well, thanks for answering my questions thus far. 
Um, I'm going to go ahead, since you guys opted in, I'm going to start letting the Twitch chat um, ask some questions uh, if they have any. All right, well, someone, uh, Adolf Hipster, <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> They, uh, they're, they're kind of wondering, they, they wrote, um, can you ask what the game is actually about? I, uh, we wanted it to be sort of a, um, akin to Half-Life 1, where you are sort of thrust into this situation where you're like, oh, what do I do? I'm just trapped in this facility. And you're trapped in the facility in Half-Life as well as in Vertigo. Um, and you have no idea what's going on. And you have to figure out by traversing this facility and fighting off all the creatures and the bosses and everything, what's going on? How did you end up there? And what is this place that you've ended up in in the first place? So it's more of a uh, of a sort of action mystery type thing. I, I don't know if that's the best way to describe it, but that's, yeah, that's how it's, I would um, we're gonna We're going to be placing a strong emphasis on, you know, story and discovering the world around you. And we don't show that in the demo, unfortunately, because the demo is just showing a bunch of the sort of technological stuff um, we've been trying to work on, like interaction and shooting and physics and all that. Um, I think I'll, I'll talk about the beginning of the game here without like giving away the plot at all, because this is like just what you see at the beginning. Um, you're you're going to be in your in your um, in your house in you know modern day wherever in the world. Um, then suddenly a wormhole pops open and you are sucked through and you wake up in a room and you're in the middle of this quantum reactor. Um, so that's how the game starts out. You don't know how you got there. Quantum reactors don't exist, so you don't know why you're in one. Right. right. Um, you need to figure that out for yourself. All right, cool. Um, great answer uh, and great great uh fixing my question there <laughs> um all right so uh villanello i hope i said that right uh is asking um i don't know if he answered this before but um so how long do you think uh it will take to complete the game in a normal playthrough do you have an estimate of that um i'll let you answer Okay, uh, we were thinking around one to two hours. We're not going to try to be terribly ambitious. We're a two-man team. Right. We're both relatively inexperienced in game development, um, but we're doing some cool things. We want this to be a a really like concentrated experiment experience. Uh, even if it's short, we want it to have story. We want it to be engaging. We want people to have a lot of fun in it. Awesome. Um... Witcher zero one ask when will the game be released? Uh, we were thinking, thinking sort of late summer to like early autumn. Yep, is sort of what we've got on the uh, Steam page at the moment. All right, all right, awesome. Um, let's see here. Oh, I see a question. Okay. Um, Villanello's uh, asked about um, how we make the swords feel like they have weight. Uh, or feel like uh, when moving the foam sword. So um, what we have is we actually have haptics on the sword. So as you move it through the air, it vibrates, sort of similar to how when you pull a bow back in the uh, Lombos demo, it creates this sort of fake feeling of tension. We have that with the uh, with the sword as well. It's very similar to that. Um, 
except uh, instead of, you know, being how far the string back is in local space, it's actually, you know, how far you've been moving the tip of the sword through actual global space, uh, which that introduced, uh, introduced a funny bug with the elevator, because as you went up the elevator, you know, the sword was going really quickly through space, and the sword would just vibrate like crazy if you had it out, <laughs> which we have which we have now fixed, I believe. <laughs> I'm not completely sure. All right. Um, and I guess now you bring up bugs. Um, most people, if they've only seen the game through my playthrough of it, um, you guys brought up the fact that uh, my video only showed a bug that where only, I believe only one tentacle would appear at a time. Um, and I, I, I believe it. Have you guys fixed that bug where... Um, Oh yeah, we fixed that before we released it on Steam. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, so guys, if, so uh, sorry. Uh, if 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 you guys seen that video on my YouTube and you you think that was um, already difficult, I almost died during that. Uh, just the one tentacle, but is it like three tentacles max, right? Yeah, it it gets. I don't know what health it needs to be to get three, but three is the max that it can have. Uh, right. So it's pretty low once it gets to three. Right. Yeah. So, so the bug in that in that demo that you played was that it was it was spawning tentacles based on how many tentacles you had killed, and you were just shooting the center of the head, so you weren't killing that many tentacles. But now we're doing it based on the actual health of the monster, so you can shoot it in the head over and over again. And as its health goes down, it'll grow more tentacles. So it gets more angry. Uh, yeah. So we've got we've got a YouTube channel, which is I think our main place that we share stuff. That's um, uh, I guess it's. Zulubo Productions. It's just Zulubo yeah, Productions. Production. I think you can. I think it's youtubecom slash channel slash Mr. Zulubo. Nope, no, it's not. I lied. Uh, just search up Zulubo Productions on right. YouTube or found it. I'm already posting it in the chat. Oh yeah. Um. So that that trailer for our new game. Also, I I sent a new one to you over oh. Discord because I just completed that like okay. three minutes before we started the interview. All right. So um, again, thanks for stopping by. I'm going to go ahead and show this uh, trailer to uh, the podcast. And then um, again, have a great day, guys. Yeah. Thanks so much, Brad. No problem. All right. So that was the uh, the the uh, the main developers for uh, Vertigo. If you're not checked that out on Steam, go do so now. Um, and here is their other project uh, they're working on that's called uh, directionless. So let me just pull up that trailer for you guys. cool uh looks to be a horror game we actually surprisingly we don't have many uh at least good yet uh vr horror games um at least for the vibe there's not many but uh 
But yeah, uh, pretty pretty cool. Um, so if you want to check out their website, I'll probably post that in the chat right now. Let me pull it up here. And I believe uh, you'll be able to view more about their other projects. All right, so uh, we have one more section of this podcast to go over. Uh, just pull that up. Almost had everything very perfect today. Or, of course, you know, I didn't. Anyway. So. What? There we go. Uh, new HCC Vive releases uh, or Steam VR releases for the, week, the, the past week. So, um, yeah. Uh, I'm just going to show off what uh, Upload VR has posted here, and I'm going to go in-depth on the more interesting ones that I found that were interesting. Um, people are finding out this, and I, I, I unfortunately have to say it too. A lot of people are just kind of not really caring or putting much effort into their their development um, for VR, and it's showing uh, in games such as, well, I think I saw one here, uh, like, like this one. Uh, I don't even think I need to show it off for too long, but it's just, it doesn't look like you should pay much attention to it. Um, sorry, but it just doesn't look good. Anyway, let's get right into the games. Um, Ad Exodum uh, by Since Idea Games. Uh, this was apparently released last week, but I didn't get to it um, because yeah, it was a, a late release so of last week. But that was uh, released. Um, it's a first-person game set in a maze where you have to try to exit um, by find, finding apparently these blood stones. Uh, that reminds me of Dota quite a bit, but uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, you probably have seen this one as well, Cat Lateral Damage VR. Uh, when I played it, it was an early alpha build. It was not exactly released uh, for the public, but they released Cat Lateral Damage VR from Firehose Games. Um, it's a DLC free if you already own the game. And they actually added to where uh, an, an actual like the mode where your time to do things. Um, before it was just you can run around and knock stuff over, but it didn't really do anything. Um, but they've added features to that since then. All right. Um, not really a game, but a platform for releasing movies or 360 video stuff is Disney Movies VR. Uh, I, I tried it earlier, and it was it was the actual home screen was amazing. I used to work at Disney. I I, I go there a lot, and they they really got a lot of the stuff right in this uh, virtual version of the home castle and everything. And it looks pretty good visually wise. Um, but yeah, it's free, so you can check that out if you have a Vive right now. Um, all right. Um, and of course, if you've not heard of this by now, and you have a Vive. Go play this. Portal Stories VR um, from Prism Studios. This was a fan-made project. This was not by Valve. This is a group of fans of Portal, uh, the Portal universe getting together and making a VR game. Uh, it's really impressive. The graphics are really, really amazing. Um, and it's just a love song to VR fans from uh, this group of small developers. And it's free uh, if you own Portal 2. But yeah, it's really amazing. It's and uh, it's has a 97% mostly positive rating on Steam. So that's how good it is. Uh, find many VR games with that high of rating, you probably will have a trouble, uh, trouble time doing so. All right, Sketchfab, uh, Sketchfab VR from Sketchfab. 
So basically what Sketchfab uh, is, if you don't know, if you're into 3D modeling and stuff, this is uh, that's the website for you. You get to upload your 3D models, and it's basically the YouTube of 3D models where you can sort of view all your models and uh, from the actual web browser. And they added this VR app where you can actually uh, go in your VR headsets and look and walk around your models and stuff. And they had a Van Gogh painting that you can walk into and a, uh, a few virtual other worlds. And it was really, really impressive. And I can't wait to see what this turns into if it becomes a platform for people to actually upload their 3D models to this. Because as it seems now, it seems to be mostly um, just what Sketchfab allows to be on there and not really what people can post or share other VR users at the time but uh, go check that out if you have a VR headset as well um, all right uh, this one was interesting I tried it today in my pre-show um, stream I tried a couple of these uh, needs work but it's still pretty cool because the graphics are pretty interesting um, just a wave shooter and it's not one of the most interesting wave shooters but it has a free demo so um, yeah, you just shoot scorpions and this big boss scorpion if you get that far. It's actually a pretty uh, difficult game right now. Like, I, I couldn't even get past, like, way two, but... Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. At least deserves at least, like, maybe five minutes to check out. And this one looks interesting. Um, this was a game that was originally on the... I believe the Samsung Gear VR. And they ported it to Vive. It's uh, called VR Carts. Um... And it's basically Mario Karts, but in VR. So I can only imagine that this game looks pretty fun. Mostly positive reviews so far, and I'll probably uh, get a chance to try this out eventually. Um, I love Mario Kart, and this looks like a lot of fun. Um, so yeah. And let me make sure I did not miss any other important ones. There's a bowling game. This one. Uh, Time Machine VR, yes. Uh, that's a it's sort of an education program. It's $30, though. I don't think it's worth $30, um, especially when I found out that it was originally released for $10, and that was when it got most of its good reviews, but after it got its good reviews, it kind of bumped the price up a little bit. So um, I don't know if it's worth that much, but it looks really amazing. You get to go back in time and see giant dinosaurs and junk. It's really pretty cool. Um, Hollow Days is just a sort of... Hmm, it's it's shooting arounds and tell uh, shooting robots and teleporting around. So you can sort of uh, look at that if you want to. It's only three dollars though. Uh, blocks uh, blockies by Svetlana Uh Basically, it's a puzzle game, and yeah, it's a puzzle game. <laughs> anyway, uh, that seems to be it. So um, this is the final, I guess, part of the. Podcast. I want to thank you guys for stopping by the second ever VR Forerunners Weekly Podcast. I want to thank one more time uh, the guys uh, from Zulubo Productions um, that were able to stop by and spend 30 minutes talking about their game and talking to me about VR development in general. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast and you're not from my YouTube, go to my YouTube. Um, you might like a lot of VR content. If not, that's that's fine. I don't, know. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> but at least follow me on Twitch. Um, and yeah, uh, have a great weekend and a great week, guys. And I'll see you uh, in the virtual world or maybe one day in the real world. Goodbye.